Welcome to Lame Stream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you feel so inclined, please rate, please review, please subscribe, please smash the subscribe button. Today on the show, gambling is going to be our primary focus as it is coming to Tennessee this weekend. And Chase McCabe from 1025 The Game, who is an avid gambler, but also an on-air personality and also has a bit of a management role as far as deciding what type of content is on their radio station. And this is going to, he's going to have decisions. That building will have decisions about how to cover gambling moving forward. So we're going to talk with Chase, Steve, today about all things gambling, give people sort of an introduction to gambling, explain what's happening in the state with gambling, and what people need to be aware of when it comes to both placing bets and consuming sports content. Of course, we'll have ratings and recommendations a little bit later on after our conversation with Chase McCabe. But Steve, we've got to get to a local media issue here in town, don't we? I want to talk really quickly about something that's been up, been on the last couple of episodes. Uh, I want to talk about anonymous sources, uh, and specifically, there was a story that came up. Uh, the A to Z guys were on uh, were on our show here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, like the work that they do, but they put up a story that, uh, and the headline on it was "Why Isaiah Wilson Mispractices This Week, Comma Per Sources." I'm a bit of a problem with. So first of, uh, first of all, the story went up without a byline on it, which I think is kind of a, is kind of a bad move. Which is an author for those that don't work in the, <laughs> right. the business. So it, so it didn't say who wrote the story. It just had an A to Z, by A to Z uh, staff on it, which I, I get. Sometimes if you have a content management system that only lets you put one name on it, you know. So – after badgering them for a while on Twitter, <laughs> as we all were, as we all were, uh, they finally put their names on it, which is great. It's what it should be because if you're going to put something really critical, I think it's important that whoever the object of that ha- has a chance to respond to somebody directly. But there was a bigger problem in there, which is that the anonymous comments were directed in a way that I fi- that I feel is a little unfair. So let me set this up for people, because on our episode with Paul Kaharski a couple of weeks ago, if you got to the end of that show and listened to our sort of breakdown of our interview with him, I asked you a question. I said, what are your rules for using anonymous sourcing? So let's repeat those rules, because you had a very clear set of guidelines on how you would use anonymous sources. And this this situation with Isaiah Wilson clearly falls into that category. Yeah, I think anonymous sourcing is fine. First and foremost, try to get the try to get the source on the record. Uh, an on the record source is almost always going to have more credibility in the eyes of the average reader than an anonymous source. But sometimes there are things that you cannot get on the record because a person's job may be in particular jeopardy, for, or, or they could get in trouble some way for for telling you something that they, they have knowledge that they're not supposed to share. But that knowledge is is crucial. And so a lot of times what you do as a journalist is you're, you're asking a lot of questions on the record, off the record, and you're trying to p- get as much of that sort of out into the open as possible. But the second piece of that, and I think it's really important, is that you don't use anonymous sources in a way that lets the anonymous person take a shot at the subject of the story in a particularly in a particularly bad way. So, so, you, so you're suggesting calling a teammate a disaster could be taking a... <laughs> could be... Taking, could, be, could be taking a shot in an inappropriate way. I, I think so. And, and here's why. Isaiah Wilson has no idea who's taking a shot at him. And that's fine if we're talking about something specific. Like, for instance, 
if the anonymous sourcing is talking about something specific and constructive, for instance, you know, Isaiah Wilson should be uh, should be appearing at practices more or Isaiah Wilson should be doing X or Y. I think that's legitimate. If somebody came to you and said, Isaiah Wilson has been missing practice three straight days. Right. Could I mean, you, you're okay saying that? Absolutely. Because that's, a, I mean, that, that, that's a factual situation. But the fact that he may, you know, he's described as lazy and useless by, and the line in the story is, another source described Wilson as, quote, lazy and, quote, useless. I think what's clear here is that one of the one of the three guys and and the you know the three byline names on it are Austin Stanley, Zach Bingham, and Buck Rising. One of the three of them has a player whispering in their ear or talking in their ear, and they said you know they're they're fed up with Wilson. Which hey, I mean, if I were on that team, I'd be pretty fed up with a first round pick who hasn't performed or even been on the field this year, and we're in, we're going into week eight. However, I think Titans fans are fed up. I think Titans fans are too. But I mean, if I were on that team and and that's that's my guy, I'm pretty frustrated. But is is that is that anonymous source for the boys? (laughs) 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 Anyway, I I digress. Uh, Here's my because here's my question about the rules of anonymous sources, because as we talked about it on on the episode with Kaharski, it was sort of if you're and you, you said this already, if you're going to protect your job, your livelihood, your safety, something along those lines by going anonymously, you are protecting that. Then it sort of makes sense, right, that it's right. that it's OK. In theory, could a player who is at the bottom of the roster qualify for this particular comment? Now, I would advise this, if, if it's a practice squad player, I would say maybe you shouldn't be talking too much shit about players who are on the roster. But if it's a veteran, you should put your name on it, right? Is that is that? Do you see where I'm going with that? Like Ab- if it's a, absolutely, because a practice practice squad player could be trying to protect his job in theory, right? And a, and a practice squad player, you know, is theoretically replaceable. If if it's AJ Brown, <laughs> who is likely going to be an All Pro, right? Uh, it, is not replaceable. And so therefore he is in a position of power. A, a practice squad player is not. Are you okay with the quote if it's a if it's a lower level player that could lose their job if they found out that that was his opinion? Uh no. Of Isaiah Wilson. Uh, I, I don't think so because I I think that taking I, I think it's a cheap shot. If if somebody wants to describe again a factual situation, Isaiah Wilson wasn't here again today. I'm really frustrated. That's a lot different than saying yeah. he's lazy and a disaster. I I agree with that. And so I I do think that then it's on the the reporters to sort of have some sort of you know, I don't know, ethical boundary that they sort of adhere to. And I, again, we're not here to take shots at, at A to Z. That's not what we're doing here. We're just we just want to explain the situation. And as part of you know, we are judge, jury, and executioner on all things media now in Nashville. So it's our job to have an opinion on this. I do think it's my personal opinion is that if you are the player that is saying this stuff, why are you not just saying this to Isaiah Wilson's face? And if you are, and and he knows about it, it, it maybe it changes my opinion. But really, you're just a coward if you're gonna if you're gonna go out and say all these things about a teammate to light a quote unquote light a fire or whatever else. To me, it makes you. The, the person that in question here. Like, I question your motives a little bit. In, unless, of course, you're saying all of this to his face. Then maybe it's different. I don't know. Part of it, too, is, you know, we didn't we don't know the conversation that happened between, you know, what I assume is Buck and, and a player uh, and, and kind of sort of what the, you know, what the ground rules were on that conversation. Did they say, oh, well, you know, I'll I'm going to I'm going to report this out, but I won't use your name or were they asking for a specific piece of information? Right. And they came back and said, oh, by the way, they're lazy and a disaster. All right. Do you have a verdict? Judge, jury, and executioner? 
I mean, should not have happened. I mean, I wouldn't have done this personally. I wouldn't have done this. I, I would have tried to. I would have tried to go back to coaching staff or something like that and written it that way and say, "Look, you've got problems on your team with Isaiah Wilson. Is there is do you have a, is he is he creating a locker room situation? Yeah, because he's not appearing." This is one angle. There's clearly no question about having to put your name on the, the story. <laughs> you, no, absolutely. You, there's there's anonymous sources. There's no such thing as anonymous authors, I believe. No, there to, are not. To sample from other media members in Nashville. <laughs> uh, all right. So gambling is the story today. So we got that out of the way. Again, as things like this crop up in the Nashville media, Steve, we will take the opportunity on this show to sort of have some commentary about these issues to try to tell people sort of how things unfolded, why it's important to know those angles. So as stories unfold, we'll always try to mix those in to the show. And and hopefully that, again, also makes people smarter consumers. Today on the show, we're focused on gambling, as I mentioned. And it's coming to Nashville. So Steve, tell everybody what's coming to Nashville this weekend first. So there's going to be four providers, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, and Tennessee Action 24-7 have been all been approved to launch on November 1st. You can set up your accounts with them now. I've already set up with one of them, put 50 bucks in. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go come Sunday. Uh, <laughs> I hope my wife is not listening to this pod. It's only 50 bucks, honey. Uh, and I'm not going to bet it all at one time. But we'll, again, we'll, that'll come up on the five. The first three, obviously, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, big national sports books. Tennessee Action 24-7 is a local entity that is just now spinning up. It is brought to you by, it's I think, the same CEO and CFO as Advanced Financial 24-7, your payday loan specialist here on various corners around hmm. parts of Nashville. Yeah, I, I have an opinion on that industry. You do? I do. What is it? Uh... I don't want to fully flesh out my opinion on that industry. <laughs> it feels like it could potentially be predatory to, to some extent. I mean, the the synergy of having payday loan specialists and sports yeah. bettors all owned by the same people seems problematic. But yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I think the we'll, we'll see how this works out. Yes. The payday loan industry, I think, is very it's been very well documented. The the, yeah. the, the style of, of practices that those types of people are employing and the type of people that they are taking advantage of, frankly. Right. So people are going to start betting. Braden, do you know what Americans bet on the most? Give me, I, give me, give me the, give me the top five things that they bet on. I would assume the NFL is number one. Number one by a two to one margin. I would guess college football number two. No, NBA number two. NBA and MLB are roughly the same. So there's your, there's your, there's your two and three. Is the NHL or a college sport next? Uh, the NHL is next. Okay, so the big four. And then after that, it's it really kind of breaks down. I am shocked, honestly, Steve, that more people gamble on the NHL than they do on college football. I'm shocked at that. Professional sports, it's a it's a big pull, <laughs> and there's also and, and and there's also the the seasons are much longer. No question. So the aggregate amount is, is just going to be higher on on a given weekend though in the fall. It's going to be it's going to be NFL and college football most most assuredly. One thing that one thing in my research that I found that I thought found was really interesting. A lot of people bet on tennis. You know what? Why? Because they can access the players. <laughs> well, <laughs> hasn't there been a bunch of scandals in Europe uh, on the European on the lower level tour? That's the tours with like you know I'm sure some Russian oligarch or something. I mean I'm I'm sure maybe there has. One of the things about tennis is is it's it's one of the more predictable sports. 
uh, it's also one of the easiest to bet on. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, of nuance. There's not a lot of lines, things like that. You're you're basically betting someone to win money and lose. money line bets. But but yeah. it follows those kind of statistical norms, and so it so it becomes easy. It becomes easy to understand. If you've ever played the ESPN Pick'em game. You know the kind of the daily like where you're trying to keep a I think it's called is that race for the cash no, or chase for the cash streak, streak uh, for the cash streak for the cash yeah where you try to you know you know pick ten or eleven things in a row you inevitably you're going to have to pick a tennis game one at one point or another and so yeah uh, I, I'm going to say this just to say this to piss off a couple of friends if they happen to listen I have a few loser friends that play streak <laughs> for the cash and have been doing so for like a decade and they're losers because of it I'm uh-huh. just saying it I love you guys yeah. Just nice. throwing it out there. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about the local and the national differences in the, in the books that you're going to go to there. Uh, what about some of the partnerships that we're now seeing? The Titans now have an official partnership. I would assume that that's going to extend through almost every major sport. What is the benefit? What do people need to know about the Titans gambling partnership? Or if the Predators jump into this arena, which we assume they will, as all teams probably should, is it straight sponsorship? Is it trying to acquire users? What What is the end goal for that type of partnership for, for both the team and and for the business, the, the book itself. So the American Gaming Association did a big kind of white paper on this, and we're looking at like how much leagues stand to gain from from uh, sports betting, legalized sports betting expanding across all states. They're projected to generate a combined revenue of, of $4.2 billion a year through advertising, sponsorship, data, product and revenue, media rights, merchandise, all these sorts of things. So that's direct and indirect benefits from from gambling, and not surprisingly, the NFL has the biggest number there. I mean, I, I think they're expected to generate around five hundred million dollars in revenue just from direct and indirect sports betting. And a lot, and a lot of that is partnerships. A lot of that is MGM going to. I mean, it's just an advertising play. They. They go to the Titans and say, you know, we want to be on the jumbotron five times, five times during the during the during the game. By the way, those get broadcast on national sports broadcasts, so you, so they're getting this kind of ancillary benefit, not just for like the however many people may be in the stadium at one time. It, it does sound like some of these partnerships have been spun to to us as consumers as, hey, we're going to give extra data. You're only going to get the best data if you go use this book, and it doesn't feel like that's as accurate maybe as some of these teams or leagues would like you to believe i mean i i've seen the spin on it i don't get it we as as fans and even betters are awash in so much data right now that i can't imagine that there's some super secret data subset that you know only if i if i sign up with you know FanDuel get you will i will i get this will i get this data but i don't know i'll tell you more about that after uh, sunday after i bet with uh, <laughs> one of those providers yes you'll get to find out we'll have a recap of that next week on on the show so uh let's get to our interview chase mccabe who of course is uh, an assistant program director at 1025 the game as well as co-host of the midday show with D- willie donick and uh, Darren mcfarland as well also a gambler so he's got an interesting sort of uh, location with all of these issues we're going to talk to him about how you can get started if you are sort of a beginning gambler what you need to know of course uh, how gambling will be injected into their sports programming both on their channel and just around the city what you need to know about and frankly should hosts be transparent about what they gamble on who they gamble on and should they gamble on teams they cover you'll get all of that and a lot more in our conversation with chase mccabe (laughs) 
Chase, thanks a lot for joining us, man. We do appreciate you giving us a few minutes of time here on Lamestream. We're going to talk a lot of gambling and how it affects sports content, both historically, currently, and in the future, Chase. So welcome to the show. We do appreciate it. First of all, uh, I am not a gambler, Chase. I've known you for many years. You are. Mm-hmm. So that's am. why you're you're on the show and why you're the expert here. I have enough vices already in my life. I don't need another one that can actually affect my bank account in a really, really heavy negative way. So I do not gamble, but that is why I want you to explain to people what will happen on November 1st when all of a sudden everyone in Tennessee can gamble. All hell's going to break loose. <laughs> that's what's <laughs> going to happen. No. Uh, so the apps go live. Uh, it becomes legal in our state. And what, what I think a lot of people have uh, maybe struggled to, to figure out because you hear sports gambling and it's going to be legal. You, you think Vegas, you think walking into a sports book or, or a bar and you go up to a window and you place a bet. That's not how it's going to work here. It's all going to be on your phone. It's all going to be app based or website based, which I think is really cool because the, you can, it's the first, it's the first sports book, state specific sports book that doesn't have a physical location. Yeah. And it can anywhere. Yeah. And I, I think it's cool. So you can sit on your couch, you can watch a game and you can place a bet. And um, people that have done the offshore thing for a while, it's, it's very similar to that, but these are all going to be apps. And so they go live on November 1st. And there are a lot of names that, you know, BetMGM uh, is going to be a big one, FanDuel, DraftKings. Uh, there's a locally owned one called Action 24-7. Um, and there are going to be many more to follow. I mean, it's not just going to be those. So um, but November 1st being the day that all of us degenerates have counted down to, uh, is that these things go live and you'll be able to, uh, to place your bets on, on your favorite NFL games or whatever, all sports. I, I certainly, we certainly want to know chase how this affects content, how you deliver sports content to your users and your listeners. That's a, a really big deal and, and a big focus of what we want to accomplish on this show. But there's also sort of like a how it works thing for the beginner gambler out there. Can you try to explain to people what the difference is between the guy who's been gambling offshore for years, the guy who, you know, obviously the, the bookie that lives around the corner doesn't really exist a whole lot anymore. But what would be the benefit, the weaknesses, the strengths, the concerns about going to a local shop to place a bet versus maybe what I don't know. You've been doing chase for all, for all these years. <laughs> There's a lot of gray area in all of that. Um, the offshore stuff, but the, my, the best answer that I can give you is now these apps are based in our state, in Tennessee, in our country, and it's legal. So it's just, you're not worrying about, huh, my bank account info and financial info is going to somebody offshore which a lot of these companies are, you know, reputable companies and whether it's uh, bet online or my bookie or, or what have you, but it's all staying here. You don't have to worry about servers being in some closet on an Island somewhere. It's all in the state of Tennessee through the, through the different books that you can use. And so that, that's why like, I'm excited about it because there's not that, that worry anymore, you know, where it is and you know that it's being run by, uh, the Tennessee lottery, that's going to be the the commission that runs it. And so you know that it's all on the up and up. And and uh, I think that that's why I would recommend people do that and use it. And and I think it's going to take some time because like you said, Braden, people have been doing it a certain way for, you know, the last several years, whether it's using a bookie or you fly out to Vegas and you place futures or you use the offshore stuff. So it's going to take some time to adapt to it. But uh, I think people will. So let's walk people through the, the kind of the, the, the basic mechanics of gambling for, for don't lose for, 
<laughs> don't lose. This is, for the for the very for the very big novice kind of gambler, somebody who says, "Okay, I want to you know I, I want to do this and I'll have a little fun." Let's explain the difference between what's a money line bet, what's a you know what's a what's a parlay. How do I how do I tease a how do I tease a line on on another game? What's sort of the terminology that people are going to encounter when they if they go sign up with you know, FanDuel or somebody like that? Very, very good questions. The most common bet you're going to get is go, is betting against the spread. And we've used that terminology on sports radio for a long time of, okay, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a three and a half point underdog to Baltimore this week. That, that stuff's been around. So I think that that's going to be e- the easiest thing for people because they, oh, I know what that means. And it means that Baltimore is favored to win the game by three and a half or more points and to win the bet, they got to, they got to win by four essentially. Whereas Pittsburgh would be getting three and a half. And so when I'm, when I'm explaining it to people, I, it, cause my dad explained it this way to me is basically the game is starting where Pittsburgh is up by three and a half points. They, that's the score three and a half to zero. So I would say that that is the best way to go about it. Now, money line, money line is it's just straight up that, the Titans have to beat Cincinnati this week. They just have to win the game. It doesn't matter by how much. And so whatever that money line is, if it's minus 110, that means you have to put $110 down to win 100. Whereas if it's plus 110, you put $100 down, you win 110. That's the basics of that, that it's all just a straight up. So, so, straight when, up so when I'm looking at money lines, if I see, if, if I see something is a, is a minus money line, that that means they're the favorite. If I see yep. something that's a plus money line, that means that they're the underdog. Correct. And and, and those money lines will move, and yep. those and, and those and point spreads move. Why do why do things change? Because that is where it, it changes where the money's going. So, like for instance, I, I referenced Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That line actually opened at minus five and a half. And everybody looked at that and go, oh, I love Pittsburgh plus the five and a half. I want those points. And so all the money was going towards Pittsburgh. Well, when that happens, the line moves. And so it's now going down. Now it's three and a half. And, it, and um, it's because the, the books are trying to equal out the act. Yes. They're, and, they're, and, trying to, they're trying to make sure that, that they don't have too much on one side or the other. Correct. And you have the public that the public's going to go their way. And then you have the sharp money, which those are the experts that, you know, they're typically, they're, they're going to kind of be the ones to see what the public does. And then they're going to go, no, we think that's silly or yeah, we agree. And they're going to put their money where, where they think it should go. So that's why you see so much movement. Now you asked about a parlay to answer that real quick. A parlay is when you take multiple single bets and you put them all together in one, you have to hit them all to win the parlay, but you win a lot of money when you do it. For suckers. It's for suckers or, or <laughs> so, uh, so uh, it is, it is a, it is a strategy designed by the books to make you place bets that are less likely to hit. No, that's yes. absolutely right. Statistically speaking, yes, right? you're right. You're right. That's, that's why. And so, and, and so if, if you have not gambled before or not spent a lot of time at a casino, the bigger the payout, the more the casino thinks that, you know, you can't yeah. win this. Right. And so, so when you're getting 10 to one odds based on a lot of data though. Right. Right. Uh, th- these are, these are, they, they have smart guys with math degrees. <laughs> they have nerds. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and their ner- their nerds have built large skyscrapers in Las Vegas and other places around the world. So their nerds are really good. So like, so like a parlay though, I, I, 
I have some friends who who like to do a, a lot of parlay stuff, but they like to do it for the entertainment value of it. Yeah, you five bucks becomes right one hundred and twenty. Right, if you can hit seven games or eight games in a row in order to hit it, and, and I, I think that's what the sort of the entertainment value of gambling is for for a lot of people that are coming to this in you know in 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 a, in a novice sort of fashion. And I would say to people that are doing this for the first time, if you've never been to Vegas or you've never done any of this, you have no idea what a line is or money line, just do a single. Don't, don't worry about yep. the big, the big stuff yet. Don't do the parlays. Don't, you know, over unders are pretty self-explanatory. Braden and I witnessed Derek Mason who didn't know anything about betting at all. He would hit, <laughs> I mean, he went like what? 70% on over unders yeah, <laughs> on games you've never heard of teams you've never heard of but so you can do that and that that is the total score of the game so if it's 55 you're betting that yes they're going to score more than that if you take the over and the under is less than that so i would say keep it simple to that sort of thing and don't worry about the teasers and parlays yet like some of us may may do on a weekly basis <laughs> and, and the goal of this conversation chase wasn't necessarily to give everybody gambling advice there might be a little bit of it obviously here at the front end we do want to talk about how it affects content and and how you've seen that mm-hmm. play out as a as not only a host but also a program director assistant program director what what is the you, you talked about sharp money and the wise guys coming in late after watching the public sort of move a line left you know one way or the other try to explain to people what a week of gambling on a football game would look like as far as the line comes out for a set let's say it's a college football game the line comes out on a sunday you get that line it moves maybe a little bit and then the smart people aren't the ones just going to the line and dropping a bunch of money on tuesdays and wednesdays right like there's a there's yeah. a strategy involved yeah i mean you've got to look at you got to look at the different aspects of the team. Okay, so is the quarterback 100% healthy? What's the weather like for for the game? That factors in. You know, all these experts, they look at that stuff. They look at the injury report. They look at trends of, you know, how a certain player has played against a certain type of defense, records against the coach. I mean, there's all these, again, they're nerds. They, all these things that come in. You'd love them, Braden. I mean, there's points per play and all that stuff that's yeah. in there. I mean, you'd actually be good at this because you study all that stuff. <laughs> so that all has to factor into it. It's more than just, oh, I think Tennessee sucks, so Alabama should, you know, beat them by 21 points, which they did. But I think the, the, the experts on this, they, they look at it deeper than just the feel of, you know, they haven't been very good. So if that answers your question, I mean, that's kind of the best way to put it in layman terms. Well, what I really was looking for was the way a line moves over the course of the week and wise guy money, sharp money, those phrases, right? Like the, yeah. the, the heavy betters are going to come in. Like your average guy isn't moving the line. It's the one guy who drops a $300,000 bet on a team sure. that moves the line, right? Right. And it all goes back to the numbers. It's the amount of money that's going one way that is going to move it. And so whether that's the public, because you hear that phrase all the time, oh, the public is on X team, or it's your your big, sharp betters that are going, no, I'm actually going this way. It is going to shift Vegas's way of thinking. And in all of these lines, I mean, they come out of Vegas. I mean, this is they are the ones that that set these. And if you look at different books, you might see a little bit of a difference, like, oh, it could be minus one or it could be minus one and a half. But typically they're around the same because all the experts are conversing and saying, yeah, it needs to be this way. But it's all about the money. It's that's that's why the line moves. 
because the money's dictating that. We see stuff. We see stuff now ubiquitously in sports media. We see lines. We see over unders. If you you know they've started incorporating it in, into even big programming, whether it's Van Pelt has uh, uh, Stanford Steve on to to bad talk beats. about bad bad beats. Bad beats regularly like one of the best features to watch of yep. the week. You see the bear on on College Game Day. Mm-hmm talking about talking about gambling and, and lines and, and so forth. What, what are places where people can go for kind of, kind of good gambling knowledge? What, what, who's, who's reputable out there and who's not? Because, it, because there's a lot of places out there. There's a lot of guys, you know, you know my lock of the week, you know, my, my right. uncle, uncle Vinny's, uh, <laughs> you know, un- uncle Vinny's special, you know, just dial this 800 number, dial this 900 number. Do they even have 900 numbers anymore? Uh, you, it sounds like you would know, Steve. Uh, <laughs> what are some What are some places that people should should think about informing themselves before they go before they go place a bet? Well, it's it's funny. ESPN, I think, has kind of been at the forefront, and we talked about that. E- ESPN has has not shied away from this. Like talking about sports betting for a long time was so taboo, and you had to be you, you had to, you had to be sly about it, and it was in you know in the basement, and you're going to your your buddy that has the parlay cards and people just weren't openly talking about it because it was only legal in Vegas and Nevada. Now that has changed over the last decade or so. Um, because as you mentioned, Stanford, Steve, the bear, but now I would say, I mean, there, you can get experts just about everywhere, whether it's on a local, local radio, you have the guy, which I've tried to make myself, you know, as a part of my brand, you know, working that in as a part of my show in our station on one or two, five, of talking, talking about that stuff. But, you know, nationally, Brett Musburger has always been, uh, been kind of one of those guys. And now he has, you know, uh, Vissend on, on Sirius XM where they're, you know, they're constantly, they have a channel that's dedicated to it. Clay Travis is another national media member that talks about it and seems to know his stuff. He's, you know, on Fox. And so there are different gambling shows, whether it's on terrestrial radio or, or satellite radio, uh, space radio, as you like to say, Braden, or on on TV, that they're making it more available to you. And now it's actually it's not even you know these specialty shows. It's becoming a part of the normal conversation, just on Sports Center or, or or ESPN Radio. So you really don't have to look that far for it to find the experts because they're going to just be there. I've also seen people win money by fading Clay's picks the entire season. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I want to clarify this. I'm not trying to be funny here. I want to clarify this because he asked you, where do you go to get reputable, intelligent, smart gambling advice? Like those are a lot of guys that are sports experts. Mm-hmm. What, what the gambling experts are different. And I've always viewed this as my part of my job as well. I am a football expert who knows about teams and players and coaches and scheme and games. I do not consider myself a gambling expert because I view it as almost its own sport. So I don't think that I can just go consume intelligent gambling information from the same people that might know everything that there is to know about the Predators or the Titans. Sure. And it's partly why I wanted to talk to you is because not only do you know the sports, but you are a gambling expert as well. And so if I'm a local person in Tennessee and I'm, I'm gambling on something, I'm not going to, to the national people to gamble on Unless, unless that's sort of their thing, right? Unless that's their thing. So I guess, long story short here, my, my question would be, first of all, tell everybody when you first started gambling and then how you learned about being smart about it. What was, the, what was my process, so to speak? Yeah, exactly. 
so for me, I got into it because I had a buddy that uh, Ricky, um, that was into it and he, he, de- he had, he had been doing it for a few years, but had, had not really talked about it because like I said, it was one of those taboo things for a while. And we were watching a game and he goes, yeah, I took so-and-so team, uh, on the money line and they won. And, and he was like, yeah, this is how much I won. And I was like, oh, well, that's cool. And he goes, you should get into it. You know, sports, you work in sports. I mean, a lot of it is, is just your knowledge of, of a team or your knowledge of a sport. And so I started that and that was kind of me, you know, dipping my toe in the water. Well, then I would read more on, on different websites. And so you have the action network, which will tell you different trends and it'll show you how the numbers moved. So that's a good app. Action network is a great Twitter follow. uh, If you, if you get a chance, they have, Action Network HQ is their main feed. And then they also have uh, at Sports Insights. And at Sports Insights is usually typically like injury updates and, and kind of like of the moment stuff. Yeah. And so it gives you that type of information. I mentioned um, VSIN is how it's, how it, how it's spelled. But um, that's Musburger is a part of that. It's a Sirius XM channel. That's all they talk about. So I started listening to that more. Uh, Kelly in Vegas is a great Twitter follower who's on that, that network as well. She, she is an expert, you know, true expert. And so it's, it's all about your research and, you know, I don't pretend, you know, I, we all rely on each other. Like I don't pretend to be an expert. There are things I don't know, just like, you know, Braden, there are things about football that maybe you don't know that you find out and then, then you make it your own. I mean, that's, that's how this works, but that was kind of my process early on. It started with just a buddy. Um, and then it kind of blew in, blew up into something. And then as my career flourished, you know, as an on the air sports talk host and it became legal and we knew that it was coming our, to our state, I, I researched it even more. It's, it's kind of like just learning soccer as Nashville SC has come here. You know, I'm learning more about soccer because I know that my listeners are going to come to me and want to, want to talk about it. It's the same thing with gambling. And so, yeah, you, you can, you can do that too. And, I also recommend, you know, just leaning on some of the Twitter followers that I threw out there. Chelsea Messenger is another one who's based here in Nashville, Kelly in Vegas, and you just kind of pick up things as you go. Take people through, because you talked a lot about how it's, you know, it's in the basement, it's it's your buddy, it's, you know, it's taboo, all this stuff. Kind of explain to people how you started working it into your on-air content and, and how it maybe shaped what you had to say, because I've always tracked the lines. I've always watched them. I've always thought they were very interesting to understand as a radio host talking about a particular sport, but, and it does shape the way you evaluate a particular football team and how you distribute that content. It it can actually shape you, which is why I don't do a lot of gambling, but that's, it can actually shape the way you, you analyze a team in, in theory. So how did you start working it into your content? Well, I mean, you witnessed it because a lot of that happened when I was producing you and Nick and and Derek on Morning Drive. That was when I was really learning, you know, number one, I was I was becoming more of a host and, and moving out of the producer's chair. But I was learning more about sports betting and how you could work it in, because at that point it had been, you know, the Supreme Court had had, had the ruling and it's like, OK, it's up to the states. It can become a, a thing. And that's when it blew, you know, it blew up. So that's really when it happened. And we would do our picks, you know, on on Fridays. And Nick, of course, was 
was more of the gambler than, than you or, or Derek. And he would throw those trends out and I would pay attention to that. I would then start coming up with some on my own. And then when I moved to the midday show, you know, Darren was kind of the same way as I, I was. Willie's more of the analytical guy. And it, and it just, it was almost like a natural thing. It wasn't that I went into it. Oh, I have to throw in some gambling knowledge. It just, it started to, Hey, by the way, this matchup with the Titans, they opened as a five point underdog. Now they're, you know, now it's a pick em. You know, the line has moved this way as we got news that so-and-so player was going to be coming back. So it, that's what's kind of cool about it is, and I've noticed that with other people, that it's, it's more of a natural thing of how it, you know, how you kind of worked it into your, to your show prep, so to speak. What's the, uh, what's the first thing you ever bet on? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think it was like three or four years ago it was a baseball game it was the arizona diamondbacks and i can't remember it may have been the dodgers they were playing it was a playoff game i did one of the offshores and put like 10 bucks or whatever on i think it was the d-backs to win the game and uh i think they lost (laughs) (laughs) if i'm if i'm remembering correctly trial trial and error yeah it happens uh how how much moving forward in as both a host and management i'm gonna call you management now how, how much do you think because I, again i don't think you can tell the story of a team or a game without including what what is happening in the gambling world i, I don't think you can talk about a team or a game anymore without that and so how, how do you i mean it might just be as easy as mentioning it like you said but how much focus are you going to put on expanding that part of the coverage of a particular team the predators or, or the titans or the vols or, or alabama well i've you know, because one thing that um, many people, including yourself, Braden, have taught me about surviving in this business is you have to carve out a niche for yourself. And so one thing that I tried to do early on before, before this was even approved was, was learning about that stuff. And so I, you know, I will throw in those little nuggets, but we have set segments now. I mean, we have a handicapper that comes on with us every week. Um, When we're talking about the Titans, I mean, we daily or updating what the line is and the movement and the over-unders. I've done a couple of uh, specialty shows um, in the six o'clock hour, just explain, doing exactly what you guys are doing, explaining how this is all going to work to people. Like have no idea that like, oh, I've heard of sports betting, but you know, what, what does it mean? What do I do? How do I do it? All that stuff. And, and then I've also broken down, you know, games of the, okay, Hey, I like this. I like this team to cover whether it's college football or the, or the NFL. So it's become a part of programming. You don't even think twice about it anymore. And that's what I've, you know, what's been nice is I think in the past you've had certain people that you've had to either try to explain it and they just simply don't want to get it because, oh, gambling bad, so we can't talk about it. That's going away. And because now they've realized, you know, like salespeople from a management standpoint, like they realize, oh, we can make money on it it's we can make money on the advertising part of it and so that's why it's just worked its way in naturally and you're going to see specialty or hear specialty shows and see specialty blogs and tweets and things like that so one of the reasons and i i'll admit that i am far too sensitive to this type of thing and i i use it as maybe as an excuse early in my career to not talk about gambling or, or excuse me to not gamble was that oh, I didn't want it to affect my opinion of a team. You, you know, I, I felt like it was a conflict of interest, you know, what, whatever phrase you want to use. And I, I, will, I will openly admit that I 
that I am far too conservative and sensitive on, on that type of stuff. I, you can call me any name you want in the world, but don't, don't question my objectivity. I'll, I'll lose my shit on you. So <laughs> I guess my question is, have you ever lost a game where you had put money on a team, had to come back in the next day or the next week, talk about that team and found yourself saying, have, having to adjust what you were going to say to sort of ignore the fact that you lost money on a team does that question make sense? Like yeah. how, how I always found it hard to remain objective if I had money on something. And it's why I just sort of never did it. It's the Pete Rose effect. That's what it, Pro- I mean. Yeah, it, probably. That, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is, is you think about it. Oh, well, everybody knows why Pete Rose is not in the hall of fame. He bet on baseball, he bet on his team, all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's, it's kind of thinking of it that way. Um, yeah. I mean, there have, I, I have always tried to remain objective. Like I'm going to, and I mean, now, especially I'll be like, oh yeah, I had the over damn kicker cost me the over. Like I've, I have made that comment on air of talking about any type of game of freaking kickers. And, and now I kind of have a running gag on Twitter of whenever I see a missed kick, I tweet kickers. And I mean, that, that certainly has been a thing, but I try not to hide from it now, especially Um, maybe in the past there have been of, you know, I, I just didn't want it out there that, you know, I was a sports better. And then, like I said, working with you guys, it kind of made me realize, Hey, be yourself. It's a part of who you are and you can make it a part of your niche as a, as a host. So I have, but it's a certain, it's certainly a very good question. And, and, and I understand why you would think that way because of how it used to be. Do you think it's important for media types to self-identify their bets? Like for instance, like whenever I flip on, whenever I flip on financial TV and someone will say, Oh, I have a stake in this position. I have, you know, if I'm talking about a company, I need to tell you that, by the way, I own some of this or I'm shorting this, uh, I'm shorting this stock because I think, you know, management's terrible and the, and the stock's going to be kind of in, in the toilet. Do you think it would be healthy for people if they're going to sports bet to talk about their bets? I think so. Because if you put it out there, like, Hey, yeah. um, I really like Alabama minus 30 or whatever they are. You know, I, I think Alabama is so dominant. Yeah. I, I, so I took that, um, or, or the Titans minus three, you know, I, that's what I took this week. That's, I think they're going to get it done. And so I think it's fine. I think it's totally cool to be, be able to do that. I also think, and this is where it kind of depends on the style of broadcaster that you are. I always felt that if I had, and this is hypothetical here, if I had a hundred dollars down on Tennessee to cover the spread, and they didn't cover the spread. And I knew I had to come in on Monday morning and talk about Tennessee's loss. I was always worried that I was, it would affect my content, that I'd be so pissed that I lost money, that it would affect how I analyze the offensive line or the secondary or whatever. I, I think telling people what you've got on, on the line, not only does it allow you to relate and connect to people, but you know, if you're a super flamboyant host and you're screaming all the time, maybe it doesn't come off and, and maybe right. people, people don't notice that, but you're, you're kind of like me, you're, you're sort of down the middle emotionally on the air. I, I just think I would be able to tell if you lost like a thousand dollars on a game, oh, I'd be like, no Chase, doubt. Chase is pissed right now. Like <laughs> and so I think it affects maybe guys like us who are maybe a little bit more down the road a little bit more, but that was what I was always concerned about was that yeah. I would, I would lose money and it would affect the way I went on the air and delivered my content to my audience and I didn't want anyone to ever question why I thought a certain thing about a team or a quarterback or a coach or a player or whatever. 
So I think the, the best way I can answer that is like, and you nailed it of what kind of host are you? And I think like between the two of us, you, and you mentioned it, you're the foot, you're the college football guy. You're, you have the numbers, the analytics, and you have, you have some fandom, but, but you, you have more of the stats and, and you're the analyst. I mean, that's, that's kind of the role that you play for me. I've always tried to be the fan. Like I don't hide my fandom. Like I am a fan. And, and I think part of sports betting is, you know, those are fans. And so part of being a fan is if you do that, then just say that you do it, you know, that you have money on this and you're damn right. Like if I, if I come on Monday at 10 AM and I had a hundred bucks on a game that they lost it. Like I, I brought up the Vikings a few weeks ago um, with our silly underdog thing that we do. And I was going to win. I had it. I had it in the bag. I was going to win. And Zimmer went for it instead of kicking the field goal. And I was pissed off and I was saying, yeah, you know, like I I'm, I'm done with the Vikings. I hope Zimmer gets fired. Like that's my fandom coming out. And so I, I, I do that, but I'm not expecting every other host to, to be that way. Some are going to be like you. And I totally respect it of, I don't want to let that cloud my judgment, even though I don't feel like I do that. I feel like I'm just real. Do, do you think that makes you sense? Sh- it does. And and I know you to be real. So I, I know that that's, that's easy for you to say. My, do you think that you should gamble on teams that you cover? Because if that two point conversion that, is what you're talking about, what right. happens when it's Vrabel at the end of a game where the Titans are playing and you got to spend a whole week analyzing whether that decision was right or wrong and it affected your pocketbook. Yeah. And, and that's, that's tricky. And it's especially if you're employed by the team, like, like with the predators, I stay away, you know, because they, I work for them. And so also, that's also betting on hockey is a real pain in the ass. Oh, it's so hard <laughs> to understand. Over unders. That's probably <laughs> what you want to look at, but, but that under is, on the new team unders. <laughs> yeah. But that is, uh, that, that is, and it, it's, it's a question I get asked a lot of, Oh, okay. So how can you truly be objective? And you know, the Titans are different because like, I'm not employed by the Titans, but I do cover them. I, I am a media member. So it's certainly one of those things that, that I've thought about. And I think about it even more now that it's so open with, with us talking about it and having sponsorships and, but, but I'll also say this, the teams are announcing their partnerships with these companies. And so does that change things? So if, if the Titans come out in which they have, they have a relationship with bed MGM and they come out and they say, Hey, that's our official sports book. Does that mean you know, and I don't know the answer to this. Does that mean if you work for the Titans, as long as you use BetMGM, you can bet? Is that is that what it is? Does that change kind of how the change the perception of things? These are questions that that, like I said, I don't have the answer to, that I think are going to have to be answered at some point, and we probably will get that way. But but it's all new to us as as at the same time. One of one of the things that you can use to kind of track somebody's to track an expert's validity uh is their record so so if we're looking at picks you know like over the over the course of a season you know for instance you you flip on flip on your uh your typical nfl pregame show and and they're all tracking their picks for the for the year and you can see oh you know such and such is they're not picking against the spread but but they're but they're picking games and you can say oh well such and such has a has a pretty good pretty good record um do you think that in gambling uh if we're going to talk about gambling, uh, people should people should be open about 
how much they're betting and how much uh, how much they're up or down for a particular season. Like I, I always find that it, I always find it's kind of fascinating to say somebody, somebody says, you know, I started a season, I'm going to bet the NFL. I, I started with a hundred bucks and mm-hmm. I'm up, you know, 250 for the year, you know, or I'm down or, you know, my bank got wiped out. What, what's a, what's a good metric to, to help us evaluate how, how well somebody's helping us pick? Well, you, you see a lot of people, especially the ones that, you know, have these, these pay sites that you buy picks from, um, which you're going to see a lot of those even more. Uh, they give you their record because they want you to, you know, if their record is, you know, 20 and two, okay, they know what they're talking about. And you, they believe that you're going to be more inclined to spend your money to buy your, buy their picks. So as for somebody like me, I don't, I mean, I don't even keep up with my record. I have no idea. Um, because I'm not, I'm just giving you my opinion, like I would on, on anything sports related. But if you're in the business of you're a handicapper and you're selling picks and people are, are depending on you and using your service, then yeah, I think you should throw it out there. Well, how much have, if you're, if you're standing behind these picks, how much have you won or lost on your picks? I think that's very important because it shows credibility. And as we know, in this business, it's all about being credible. They didn't build all those pyramids in Vegas at a solid goal because they were wrong more times than not. Exactly. Because they're right. I I am curious, Vegas for the longest time has had sort of this monopoly on data and information that drives the lines. And with the opening of the local stuff in the state by state sort of dispersion of that information and the Titans now signing with a partnership and all that stuff. Is there a place for fans that want to bet on their favorite teams? Because again, if you're a smart gambler, you're not looking at the name of the team, right? If you're a smart gambler, you're going to gamble on Sunbelt football as much as you're going to gamble on the NBA or as much as you're going to gamble. You're going to take the best bet. You're not going to Sunbelt. Yeah. You're, you're not betting on your favorite, like the casual guy dropping five or 10 bucks might may bet on his team. But if you're a true professional gambler, you're, you don't care what game you're picking. You're, you're gambling on anything across the, the country. So if you're a Nashvilleian and you love Nashville sports teams, what is there, what is the benefit to betting with the local shop outside of what you talked about it being sort of more regulated by the government? Is there a chance that they will have more information about the local team? Does, does content start to come out of these companies just like it does any other media company? What, what does that relationship do to the knowledge about that team? I'm curious of that because a majority of what's coming to our state are based out of Vegas. I mean, BetMGM or FanDuel or DraftKings. Like I mentioned, there is a local one, Action 24-7, that I do believe is going to have some of that content, that you're going to get more of a local feel to it, which I know I would look, I'd, I'd look for that. And, and I think that that's going to be important to have some of that. But the lines and the the experts i mean it's all it's all going to link back to vegas cuz that's the hub and and i don't see that changing anytime soon maybe many 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 years from now if this is in all 50 states and you have sports books blowing up everywhere but i i still think it's it's always going to go back home so to get that's where like guys that are local hosts that take an interest in it and done their research i mean that's that's where you're going to get the local feel of the team at least right now, in my opinion. Chase, what is your advice to a first time, just 
to first-time gamblers that are going to see this thing click on overnight and all of a sudden you can gamble in Tennessee, get, give me the shortest spiel that you, you – you're teaching a 101 class on gambling. What, what, is, what are your bullet points? What's, what's on the syllabus? So find the um, college football or, or the NFL, whichever you feel like, because that's what's going on right now. Um, find whichever one that you feel the best about and you know whether you've won your fantasy team or you just you've, you love it so much that you just know everything there is to know about it. Find that and then find a game or two that, again, you just you know all the information you need to know and place a small bet. Don't, don't go above 10 bucks. Do, do a five or 10 on the spread. If you want to dial on the over-unders, then that's fine. But I would say just do the spread that, hey, I believe that I think Pittsburgh can cover that three and a half against Baltimore this weekend. I, that, I have the best feeling about that. And do it. But just make it simple. Don't try and overthink it, you know, for, for your first few times doing it. That's what, that's what I did. I did very simple. And, and then you, you kind of learn more as you go. Awesome. So the Jets are 19 and a half, <laughs> getting 19 and a half this weekend. What's oh. your, uh, <laughs> what's stay away from the Jets. <laughs> can they just cancel the Jets? Can, can we just get rid of them altogether? Man. Chase McCabe, <laughs> always a pleasure, my friend. I can't wait to, to hear you and Ricky doing uh, weeknights gambling specials on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> I can't wait for that because I do think that is something that is going to be a very real and normalized thing in every market in America. Yep. So I, I do think that is a smart play. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I miss you. So I'm glad that I got to, uh, <laughs> to come on. And Steve, good to see you as always, too. And I really love what you guys are doing. Special thanks to Chase McCabe for joining us here on Lamestream. Always appreciate his time. Um, one of the nicer guys in the industry, Steve, that you'll ever be around and one of the more genuine people. And I, th I think that comes through in his talking about gambling, frankly. He's he's okay being sort of a fan on the air. He's going to root for his picks just like he roots for his gambles and just like he roots for his teams. And uh, I think that, that that's who he is on the air, and I think that's very genuine. Thanks to Chase for coming on. Really appreciate it. Uh, Braden, you seem to be a little concerned about integrity and content and sort of the, the ethics of – making picks, gambling on them, and then either being on air or writing about it. What do you think the problem is here? So, and, and I don't know, you tell me, Steve, I think I am probably way too sensitive and too far. And, and again, maybe it's also because I grew up in an era in a different time where there wasn't as much space for all the different types of content, right? We've talked a lot about that on the show. There's space for everything you want. If you want Homer content, if you want critical content, if you want fan-driven content, there's there's space for all of it. And so that wasn't the way the media worked 15 years ago when I got started. And I gambled a little bit in college before I got into the business. And I just, I was so sensitive. And one of the things, and I'm still this way today, objectivity is like the one thing. If you question why I have an opinion about a team, I will lose my mind. It's like the one thing that triggers me more than anything else. I have no regional bias. I have no team bias. I have no, like my goal is to be as objective as possible to, to provide the best content I can to the audience. I don't know how I could ever do that personally if I had just lost $1,000 on that team. If, if Tennessee lost me a bunch of money, I don't know how I could come in the next day 
and be as fair and as honest and as critical and as objective as I as I could be. Does that does that make sense? And maybe that's a me problem. It could be. I mean, like I'm sitting here thinking, all right, I'm gonna go to the Nashville SC game on Saturday night. Would that affect me if I put down twenty bucks on SC to win? Uh, you know, a game they've already clinched the playoffs. Would I be mad? Would it affect my story? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I've got a story I'm going to write for the for the scene for next week about it. I don't know that low stakes that that it makes a difference. You know, five, ten, twenty five bucks. You know, that's yeah. a couple of lunches or a couple of beers or something else that's that's out of my pocket if I lose that bet. And, and certainly, I I think I can divorce my what I see and what I'm supposed to write about. You know, from expected performance. And, and what I and what I have kind of bet on in terms of expected performance. I mean, I'm not gonna be mad at, at, if I bet against Nashville SC. Like, it's, for instance, if they were playing Philadelphia, who's arguably the got the best offense in the East, I might bet on the. You know, I might bet against them. But I, but I don't. I That's don't not th- gonna change the way you evaluate Gary Smith's coaching decisions within the game. No, not at all. Yeah, and I, I think the stakes of the bet is certainly a big part of that. And again, I also will admit openly here that I am neurotic about it. Like, I am neurotic about maintaining my objectivity outwardly to people. I, I want my audience to like. It needs to. I want to smash you over the head with my like. This is as honest and as objective as an opinion as I could possibly give you. And and again, maybe that was just me being scared of myself. For, for example, and, and maybe the time. I think I think young broadcasters that are coming into the business today are going to grow up with gambling as a major part of their sports content. Yeah. And that's a different thing that we, you know, I didn't have that growing up at all. Tennessee's changed dramatically. I mean, I grew up in a, <laughs> I grew up in a dry county. <laughs> uh, the, the, the world has, the, the, the axis has, has shifted dramatically. Oh, it has? <laughs> to the point that, you know, hey, I'm going to be able to bet with this, you know, phone in my pocket here yeah. as, as I'm watching a game. That that kind of shift, I think, is just is just generationally different. I also think, as it pertains to what you're going to consume as a as a, a listener, a reader, you know, somebody like that, I do think that it is important, like everything in the media today, finding the right people, the good people that will admit that, hey, I've got a. I, I think transparency is important. I think if you're going to gamble on a game and you're going to go on the air or you're going to write about something, I think you need to tell people that that's what you've done. So at least they then know with full disclosure that that that's what's going on. I, I think it's important to tell people. It may not affect your content and you may be you may be able to compartmentalize it, but I still think you need to tell people that you're doing it. I think it would be interesting, particularly in a broadcast situation. I'd like to know for instance, if I'm watching somebody on air and they're picking a game, if they if they've put money on it. So uh, like for instance, if I'm watching pick your NFL, you know, your your NFL pregame show where they all go around the table and they sure. do, and they do picks. I'm I mean, pretty sure Terry Bradshaw's not using an app to gamble. <laughs> I love Terry Bradshaw. I just don't think he's using an app to gamble. Steve. I may not be using his brain to gamble. Todd but, Furman. I want to know if Todd Furman, who's doing a pick'em show, is putting actual skin in the game. Yeah, I mean, I, like, like for instance, I'd be fascinated to know, you know, whether the bear on College Game Day, like how much he's actually putting in, and and like I would like, I, I'd be fascinated to kind of read, like a running sort of a running view of his season and like how much he's up and down that to me, it would be kind of fascinating content. And and that would be a way to kind of, to, to kind of do that. But like, for instance, if somebody is Herb, I don't think Herb Street bets, but if like, if Herb Street is, is analyzing a game and he says, you know, I've got Mississippi state and you know, I'd take the points, but he's betting on Ole Miss. I, I, I well, you brought up Herb Street. Herb Street's a fascinating example and there's no money on the line. Let's say, and he's still not allowed to make a pick on a broadcast on yeah. game day on a game he's calling because of what he wants to remain as objective as possible. Yeah. And that's not that's not even gambling. That's not financial 
implications. That's just that's that's my not, opinion. Well, and, and that's awesome. I think that's a smart move on on his and ESPN's part because that way they don't have a fan base who is right, you know, screaming at him that that you're calling the game one way because you because you think this team should win. That that dynamic is what's kept me from gambling, though. That that right there actually explains yeah. it better than any of the words I've used <laughs> today on the podcast. <laughs> is Herb Street not picking games because he's about to call the game and he doesn't want to appear slanted in any way? That is that is essentially what has kept me from gambling during my career. That 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 dynamic. So, uh, anything else? Programming. I think we'll get to ratings and recs here in just a second, but. I do think programming is going to change. Writing is going to change. I would I would assume that if you are smart, you're going to have a gambling section, whether you run a website, whether you run a newspaper, whether you run a radio station or a TV channel. I would assume you will have a gambling – you will address gambling in some form of content. Yeah. If you are not, you are behind. And, and I think that I think that as sort of consumers, like it's incumbent upon us to ask, okay, what's the level of expertise of the person – do, doing this if they're doing it uh, just, you know chase I, I think is pretty out front talking about how you know i've only been doing this for a few years but here's the expertise of what i've uh, of what i've learned and you're kind of learning along with me uh, versus you know somebody who's been gambling for 25 years and they have a they have a, a set track record right it would be really interesting to see to, to track and see the percentages of people if you're writing about gambling like kind of what they're and and the content is is speculative i.e you should pick Ole Miss and take the points, then then I'd like to know kind of like retrospectively the next week kind of how they how they performed on that and that's going to affect how I pay attention to to what they say. Yep, absolutely. Anything else you'd like people to know about gambling coming to Tennessee and how it affects their consumption as fans before we move on to ratings and recs for the sh- for the show for the episode? It's entertainment. People treat it as entertainment, and you won't be disappointed. If you treat this as a money-making device, you are going to be disappointed. Yes. All right, ratings and recs for this week. We'll dive into the top five most-watched television sports shows of the week and then give you some recommendations as well as we finish each and every episode like this. Number one, Steve, the NFL, Titans and Steelers, a 28.8. Again, every rating point is about 11,000 homes. So if you want to do the math, you're talking almost 300,000 people watching the Titans and Steelers game, the highest rated 300,000 homes, 300,000 homes, sorry, 300,000 TV homes in the Nashville market. That was the highest rated Titans game since October of 2013. This is what that does not include the po- that does not include the postseason. This is what happens when you play down to the to the almost final you know play of the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, number two. And I think this is a bit of a surprise because I think, Steve, the assumption was people turn this off. SEC football, Alabama, Tennessee, a 16.0. We'll get back to that in just a second. Number three, four, and five, of course, the NFL. Niners, Patriots, 12.3. Seahawks, Cardinals, 10.1. Cardinals, Cowboys, 7.6. And the SEC there with Alabama, Tennessee, I I was a little surprised at the number, but then I immediately thought, oh, there's a ton of Alabama fans in Nashville. See, and that's that's 100% true. The thing I thought was uh, I'd like to see the first half versus second half numbers on that. How much of that? How much of that big rating was put up in the first half? You know, it's amazing how, how many Alabama fans have moved to Nashville in the last fifteen years since about 07 ish. It's amazing. Whenever Nick Saban took over, a migration. A lot, yeah, a lot of people in Nashville are Alabama fans. Huh. I don't know how that happened? Inter- I have a question for you, and we don't have the numbers in front of us. Where do you think Nashville SC is landing on these in these TV ratings? I mean, what is a rounding error? I, I, I I'm being facetious here, but the the numbers can't be that high. 
simply because they're on my TV 30. They had some streaming issues earlier in the season where, like, for instance, if you were over the top on a service like Hulu Live or, or YouTube uh, TV, you couldn't actually view it. They finally got that worked out uh, to where you could. You know, th- there's some problems in terms of some games on ESPN Plus and right, right. whatever else. You know that's that's gonna that's a long term sort of that's a long term sort of build. I don't know what that contract is either. I would assume they're buying time just as a new entrant into the market. It's very hard for it's very hard for a new team to have uh, to get paid for their rights right off the bat. The the club gets some money because of the ESPN contract, but they may be plowing that you know some of that right back into just making sure that they have a local presence on radio and TV. Well, so uh, this will lead us into our recommendation segment because I would I would like to recommend that people watch the team. <laughs> this is a, a good soccer club. They are playing amongst the best soccer, two-way soccer, in both the Eastern and Western Conference in the entire MLS right now. They are three matches from the playoffs. It is worth your time to check out. I, I know that on Saturday nights there's college football, and I, I know that happens, but you know they're scoring goals. It's a fun team. They're playing good soccer, and, and I'd like to see – uh, people tune into that and check it out because again, it's a, a new professional sports team in this town, and they are—they're not bad. They're pretty good. It's—it's it's funny. I had—I uh, had a buddy of mine uh, who's out of market watching the last couple of games because I had been—he and I had been talking about some statistical stuff about about the team, and he—he he called me back and he's like, he said, he said, you know, I don't have a lot of attachment to this team, but they're—he said they're kind of interesting to watch, even though they're not scoring a lot. Because he's like. He's like, they're really well organized. They play really hard. They're kind of everything that you would want in a, in a first-year team. They're not going to score five goals in a game. It, that, that's probably not in the cards. And, and in, in playoffs, they're going to be playing teams that are better than them. But the, the way Gary Smith has them playing, they, they're really interesting to watch. Yeah. And they've got a, they, they have a puncher's chance in every single game that, that, that they're in. And if they get hot, you never know what's going to happen. Which is which is what they are right now. They're peaking at the right time. There's, they are hot right now. So check them out. Watch them. Yeah, there's a thing called the there's a thing called the form table that one of the sites puts out. It basically ranks every team based on like their like their trailing six, six games or their trailing uh, ten games. And Nashville's currently sixth in the league in, in, in form. I mean, they, they're they getting hot at the right time. Yep. So that's sort of a recommendation. Uh, I'll give you my other one here, Steve, because mine's sort of totally gratuitous come on homer it up oh it's totally gratuitous and you're gonna like it too because some guy some some guy wrote a really nice piece in the scene this week about uh the digital revolution the replacements that's happening in in this city and so uh, occasionally on the show steve i have no problem being completely shameless and utterly gratuitous in my self-promotion i I, it's not gonna happen often but occasionally it will happen and today on the show Go read the Nashville scene. You're gonna you're gonna read about Paul Kaharski, A to Z Sports. You're gonna read about Broadway Sports Media. You're gonna read about the Athletic, and you're gonna read about 440 Sports. And I have a relationship with a lot of those people, and we've had a lot of those people on the show. So go read about it, about where your new media is coming from. You're already listening to the show at this point in the episode, so you already kind of know about it. But go check it out, tweet it out, share the share the article. Pretty decent author, you know. Not a bad writer. Kind I thought a, he, I thought he did an okay job. Kind of a hack, but. <laughs> but we differ here. I, I <laughs> Steve Cavendish wrote the article, and uh, I'm in the article, so there you go. I'm self-promoting. There's a disclaimer in the article about that as well. There's a full paragraph about it. Yeah, you had to write that right yeah. because, and I did. It's true. I did not see a single word that was in the story. And so. and you know, I didn't show the I didn't show the story to Braden ahead of time. I wrote what I wanted to write. Yep. Um, 
you know, if I think took a few shots at me, it's fine. I mean, if he's an asshole, he's an asshole, and that's fine. <laughs> that was mean, <laughs> mean spirited. All right, what you got for everybody? A real recommendation. Here. So I would like to help people avoid being triggered by their announcers. <laughs> so so good luck with that. So so my pick is my pick is the site Awful Announcing, and, and specifically. Awful announcing every week on Thursdays. You can go there. You can go there. You know, I went there today as as we're as we're taping this to see who's calling the Titans game this weekend. The reason why I say this is I saw more people bitching about Charles Davis and his and, and his color commentary on the on the Titans Steelers game last week than than I can remember in a in a in a while for for an announcer it's not a, it's not a new phenomenon by the way no and, and and i in full disclosure i i have interviewed and talked with charles davis many many times and i think he's a wonderful man very nice guy but the the difference between the top tier of uh, of nfl color commentary and everything else below it and i'm stipulating it's a really hard job to do to provide color commentary means that you have to, and I think the best, like, I mean, I'm going to use Romo as the example, but because he's currently, you know, everybody's favorite. But what Romo does is he tells you things that help you understand the game that you're watching and helps you. And, and it's you help, become smarter. You become smarter about it. Davis and others right now are a caption service for what you have already seen. And it's really frustrating to have to listen to somebody just repeating what I've seen over and over. And I don't care if they're, you know, if they're excited or if they're energetic about it. What I really want is someone to tell me something I don't know. I was not an NFL player. I'm not an NFL rules analyst. I'm not somebody who's been in the league, in or around the league for decades. I want somebody who is in those positions to be able to enlighten me as a fan about what they're seeing and i just don't see enough of that and you know davis is not alone this weekend we get the spirodides <laughs> effect uh with with adam archuleta i think archuleta's had a little bit of this problem as well i think he's a little bit better but there's a gap between yeah. the romos and the collinsworths of the world and and kind of that next tier so my my real recommendation would be is kevin burkhart and that's because as a mets fan i used to watch him on sny doing sideline reporting for the mets and the guy his career has been a rocket ship yeah. the way he's gone from sideline reporting for my new york metropolitans all the way to number i think he's number two on the fox team behind yeah. behind troy aikman and, and joe buck and he's hosting the the studio show during the world series uh, for baseball as well that dude is, you could tell from the very beginning that he was clearly very, very talented and incredibly polished. Also a really good dude. So I'll, I'll kind of give him some shout outs. I will say this. I have never been a fan of the style of broadcast that the NFL delivers, or excuse me, that Fox delivers for its NFL. The robots and the, the, the weird goofiness, yeah. it just, it's never landed with me. I grew up an ESPN CBS guy. Uh, but I like the broadcast crews a little bit better. And that includes someone who does not like Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. I think they do a great job. I don't particularly like them, <laughs> but they do good work. I think the Fox broadcast crews are better. I think the way CBS delivers the game is better. Is I, that, does that I, make sense? I think that I think that's really fair. So you can go to awful announcing. You can see the lineups. One thing you can always tell about that too is like you can tell what CBS thinks of this week's game. Spiro yeah. and Spiro and Archuleta on Titans Bengals means they do not think that this is going to be their highest rated broadcast. 
Uh, meanwhile, Nance and you know Nance and Romo are on Steelers Ravens, which is the the AFC kind of kind of big game of the week. Uh, Might be the big game of the year. And it, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Your boy Burkhart, you know, he's a play by play guy with Daryl Johnson. That's their that's essentially their number two two plus team. Uh, they're doing Vikings Packers this weekend, which is in spite of the fact the Vikings suck, is a uh, is is not a bad is it shouldn't be a bad game. Uh, let's hope it's a bad game. <laughs> go Pack Go. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Any parting shots? There's your ratings and your recommendations. We got Chase McCabe. Special thanks to him for joining us. Obviously, got all kinds of stuff for gambling and, and uh, anonymous sourcing today I, on the show. I think we've shot enough people for one show. We have. All right. <laughs> Line up the body bags. <laughs> at S. Cavendish on Twitter. You can follow him there. You can follow me at Braden Gall on Twitter as well. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show. Thanks for listening. This has been Lamestream Sports on the 440 Sports Network. Thanks, guys.